When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Well, hello, Eno Saris. Welcome to the second half. How are you? I'm doing great. We recorded this earlier. And so right now, as you're hearing this uh, on the radio or wherever you're hearing it, I'm poolside with the beer. So cheers. Well, good for you. So yeah, as we're recording it, and it's early in the morning as the start of the second half. So you're going to... So, as this is being played, you're sunning yourself. Where, where will you be sunning yourself when this is being played? Nah, my friend is, is house-sitting uh, at a house with a pool here in Palo Alto. So uh, it's been oh. nice and warm finally this week. And so we're going to put our feet up and have a couple brewskis. Ah, rich people. It's always great to hear about what rich people are doing these days. Uh, I don't know. House sitting is not normally something you hear. Or living people. like rich people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so all the talk the next two weeks is going to be, is he going to get traded? Is he not going to get traded? Should he get traded? Should he not get traded? What should the Angels do? Who are the teams that could trade for him? Who has the capital? Who would be best served? And it's so funny to listen to people. It, it really, this time of the year, it really shows us people's biases, right? You see where where they're true bias, like from the nat, like you guys are national media members, uh, and you're <laughs> and you're supposed to cover all thirty teams. But, but we know comes, where the views are the highest. <laughs> yeah, you you know exactly. Like all of a sudden, Fox, everybody's now going to the Yankees or the Red Sox. Our man Buster Only's coming out. Obviously, he understands ESPN. It's Yankees. I mean, if you're here locally, it's like, the, well, the, the Giants should do it. So you start to get everybody's biases real quick. But let's first start with the Angels. Good move or bad move to trade Shohei Otani? I think it's a good move because it's, some of this is reading the tea leaves. How likely is he to, you know, sign? How have you tried approaching him for an extension? You know, how has his uh, reaction been? And when he goes to the All-Star game to represent your team in the All-Star game and starts talking about how it sucks to lose, you know you kind of lost him already. I, you know, and so then you start looking at, well, what can you do for us now? What can you do for us this season? Because he may not be around in the future. And you have to look over at the playoff odds. You're a game below 500. You're in a division where you have to win the division to make the playoffs, I think. Uh, it looks like that because the entire AL East is at least five games above 500. Uh, and so, you know, there's a big possibility that the second place team in the West doesn't even make the playoffs. So you're the Angels, you're a game under 500, your chance of winning the division 
is 3%, uh, according to Fangraphs, and your chance of making the playoffs is 10%. You're getting to the time where you're about to cut the cord, and and you lost Mike Trout. You know, you lost your, your other best player. So I think uh, it makes sense to start thinking about what can uh, what can trading Shohei Otani do for us in the future. You know, it's so interesting when Otani talks trades and or I should say he talks about winning because there's no guarantees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he could get traded anywhere. And that's why I think when you're looking at potential suitors, I think the Yankees are a decent one, but they're not the most amazing one because I think if you're Shohei Otani, you want to go to a division winner. Right. And the Yankees right now, they're doing fine, but they are nine games behind the Rays and their percent chance of winning the division is not that much better than the Angels. It's 4.6% according to Fangraphs. So, you know, if if they're not a division winner uh, and they're not on the West Coast, which seems to be uh, something that Otani likes, uh, then you're not uh, necessarily in the pole position. One thing the Yankees do have, I think, uh, that does make them attractive is um a bunch of prospects that are close at, at, at good positions and of the right quality i looked at like rentals right because otani is just a rental and yeah. normally in order to get the best prospects or get to young players back or whatever you think about the max scherzer drill max scherzer was a rental he came with trey turner right and so that was uh, yes a rental of max scherzer but also a year and a half of trey turner so it was not, it, you kind of, it was a package deal. And that got them Kbert Ruiz and Josiah Gray over in Washington. But it was the addition of Trey Turner that made them get more back. So if you look at back at pure rentals, Manny Machado is the last pure rental that really moved the needle, that got a lot of prospects. He got a bunch of, in the parlance of scouts, so, so, so 20 to 80 is the scouting scale, right? Yeah. The future, future value of the best prospects in the Manny Machado trade were 40. So a 45 is a major league regular. So they didn't give up anybody that was projected to be a major league regular. And if you look back, the best player that they gave up to get Manny Machado was Dean Kramer, who's kind of like a fifth starter for the Orioles, you know, Um, and nobody else really panned out. So I don't think, and this is tough because Otani's so singular, maybe he would get a top prospect, but teams are not giving up their top prospects. Like top prospects going into the season were like Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson. You know, I don't think Anthony Volpe is going back to the Yankees. I mean, oh. going back to the A's for uh, Angels for for uh, Otani. Oh, we'll take him on the A's. They want some Volpe to the A's. We'll <laughs> Volpe so I, I, like I don't. I think that top end is is already out. Like even if you're talking to the Padres, Ethan Salas, like that, he's already a top you know thirty type prospect. You know, I think that might be too much. So when you start looking at the lower, like the the sort of around top 50 prospects, Jason Dominguez from the Yankees. Uh, he's, you know, he's supposed to be the Martian. He's really big. You know, he's got power. He's, he's pretty exciting as a prospect. He could be the headliner. Uh, and so the Yankees have him and could add a bunch of other play- players. That might make sense. Um, you know, for the Dodgers, I think the headliner uh, might be somebody like Michael Bush, uh, who's just up, uh, got a little swing and miss, but can play second base and can play an infield position that the Angels kind of need. And then my dark horse is Baltimore, who has Joey Ortiz, who uh, can play short and second. Uh, they could use, they could throw him in with some other starters and and kind of give something that the uh, that the Angels need. But I think that the real easy favorite, and this is not just because you know they're in a big market, the Dodgers are sixty percent to win the division. 
and they are on the West Coast, and they have the prospect capital to do it. Um, so I, I think that's the team. I mean, the Braves are going to win their division, but I don't know that they have the prospect capital to pull it off. You know, one of the problems that I always have with sports media, especially baseball media, is they're very poor at knowing about real business, right? <laughs> no offense to writers, but writers normally, they're not very business savvy. They don't have their own businesses. They haven't done a whole lot of business. They're writers. They're really good at writing. And they're, they're good at talking to people and researching and sourcing, but they don't always understand business. And when I hear a lot of the talk from these writers, I think a lot of them are getting it wrong. This isn't Hunter Pence and the Giants trade for Hunter Pence and Hunter Pence comes to San Francisco and loves San Francisco and he re-signs, never hits the market. (laughs) All right. That's not this. This guy understands his return on investment. He understands the amount of money away from the baseball field that he is worth. Yeah. And he's played the game till now. You know, he, he, he didn't sign for a whole heck of a lot. He hasn't made a whole heck of a lot. He now knows how much he means monetarily to a franchise, both here in this country and what he brings over from Asia, especially from Japan. So it almost is ridiculous when I pe- hear people say, well, trade for him now and woo him. <laughs> this is not, this isn't Hunter Pence gets on a scooter and he lives on the Embarcadero. And that's <laughs> he's going to, he's going to put his services out there. I don't, I doubt there's a discount. You're right. I doubt. Yeah, there's I doubt not. There's... It's just where but the winter meetings is in Nashville, right? We're going to Nashville. Yeah. He's, he's going to, he's going to be open for business. Yeah. And... He's going to have a suite and he's going to have, and he's going to have his people. The only pushback it... that I have though is All right. he, he already went through this process, right? But in the last process, there wasn't any dollar signs attached to it, right? He, th- there was one deal you could give him because that's you were it getting was, him oh, yeah. as a as a like as a prospect almost. So, so he'd gone through the process, and the the past time he went through the process, it stuff other than mother money mattered. Proximity to Japan, uh, I think proximity to winning, maybe Mike Trout, whatever it was that wooed him to uh, to Anaheim, it wasn't money. So there are things other than money. And if I had to put myself in his head uh, from what I know of how he trains and how he thinks about baseball, uh, I do think maybe a team could convince him that they're on the cutting edge of coaching, technology, data, and he would but like you're going to have to come with a boatload of money. But you'll also have to come with a boatload of money. You're going to have to, yeah, you, and, can, and, you can show me all your, all your rap sodas and, it and might all give your high-tech you, cameras. It might give you this much advantage. Yeah, you better come. And that's where the you're other still going to have is, to put the five hundred million dollar bag on the table. <laughs> yeah, if if you want, you know, if you got to fly out his parents, and it's all about being close. I mean, and and that's the other thing about the Dodgers. It's like the Dodgers are already kind of saying, "Eh, we're going to go with what we got." Yeah, and we're going to get pulled the last right? couple of years a little bit. Yeah. So, if you're the Dodgers and you already know he wants to be on the West Coast, you can offer him the most money. You can offer him. The, why even trade for him? Yeah, just just try to get them in the offseason. And you just can wait because the offseason sure you can convince them on a visit to L.A. that, that you're super data friendly and tech friendly. And he already and knows everything he needs to know about the Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. He lives there. <laughs> yeah. Right? He knows Southern California. So it's like it's like we it's like 
everybody's like trying to talk this up and everybody's trying to create content. But the reality is he's going to have a big suite. Everybody's going to have to come to him. They're going to have to woo him. Whether you yeah, trade for no him or not. If you're like the Cincinnati Reds or even, you know, my dark horse, the Baltimore Orioles or a crazy ass San Diego Padres who just give up their last two prospects to, to get him. There's no way that he's like, oh, man, this was so much fun. Like, yeah, I'll sign an extension right now. <laughs> yeah, we have interleague play, man. You play everywhere. So it's not like all of a sudden Otani would look what? an hour away and go, oh, this place, San Diego's cool. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. like, he doesn't know San Diego. He, he just been. played there. He was just there yeah. a week ago. <laughs> he's never been to Dodger Stadium. He's never been to San Francisco. He's never been to the Bay Area. I mean, it's like, it's not, this isn't like yesteryear. These guys, I mean, I I get it. Mm -hmm. If you trade for him, I'm just, what my point is, don't trade for him thinking, ooh, we're going to get him in here and he's just going to sign it. That's state. why I think he goes to a division winner type. It's for this year. You what about know? the race? It's for the playoffs. What about the race? Uh yeah, I guess so. I, I don't actually see them, you know, doing it. Uh, I, there's always like monetary concerns with players this much. Like it, you can, it can matter. Who could be the headliner here for them? I, I, they're not giving up Taj Bradley, right? You know, that's the uh -huh. guy who's pitching for them so well in the major league. So. When you go to the next group, you know, they've got a guy in a ball, Carson Williams. Um, I don't know. I don't, I maybe Kyle Manzardo, their first base prospect. They could maybe pull it off. Uh, and maybe they have the cash. Uh, it would be a killer move. It would be pretty awesome. Well, it's not happening this week and we're going to talk to you next week. So right. we'll get into it more next week. Uh, really interesting. Cause I have felt this with a couple of our pitchers where we were told these guys got great big curveballs, Uncle Charlie's, and then they get on the mound and slider, 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 slider. And everybody's just been throwing so many sliders. You've done the research. Hitters have adjusted. Slider is a great pitch. It also is the pitch that goes the furthest when it gets hung. <laughs> um, they've adapted to sliders, and I've been like Luis Medina. I've been like, throw the big curveball. Change the eyesight. Throw that big hammer. You think of how many great pitchers. Nolan Ryan, Sandy Koufax, Daryl Stra uh, not Daryl Strawberry, uh, Dwight Gooden, uh, Barry Zito. When you have that fastball, big hook combination, it's a great combination. Mm -hmm. um, hitters are adjusting to sliders and hitting sliders better than they've had in the past, and you've done the research. Yeah, the OPS against sliders is the highest it's ever been. And it's a complicated thing because the ball is flying a little better this year. And there's the pitch clock and the sticky stuff enforcement. There's all these different things going in different directions. But if you look at the OPS against sliders, it's constantly been going up. And in fact, uh, the OPS against fastballs has been going down a little bit. So uh, it, what, you, what you look at over the past is we've been throwing fewer and fewer fastballs and more and more sliders. And so as you do that, I think that the simplest explanation is hitters are just seeing so many more sliders. They're preparing for sliders. There's more slider slider percentage in hitters counts is up to 30%. So if you're going to see a pitch a third of the time in hitters counts, you might actually look for a slider in a hitters count. You know, in the past, we'd never done that. What would you do in a hitters count? Look for a fastball, you know? Oh. 
now we see so many guys who just you'll see them up there at the plate and they take a fastball and you go, why do you would you take well, they're because he was slider. looking slider he's yeah. so what you're what's going on now is hitters are looking slider more they're training slider more i think the pitching the, the 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 pitching machines are better at replicating sliders they're just seeing also what happens is you know, baseball itself trains the like playing baseball trains you, right? So if you're just seeing more and more sliders, you're yeah. going to get better at sliders. You're just you're seeing them more. So it's just over time. Uh, what we're doing is we're getting closer and closer. Now I think next year, what's most likely is hitters, the pitchers are going to throw more sliders again because for the past ten years, every year they've thrown more sliders, more sliders, more sliders, more sliders. I think they'll throw more sliders again next year, and I think hitters are going to be even a little bit better against sliders. And at some point. So sliders are still a great pitch, and that's why people throw them so much. But at some point, it's going to get to the point where, you know, you've got to change it up. And a couple of quotes that I thought were really interesting. Joe Musgrove said, sometimes I throw fastballs and fastball counts now. <laughs> he said, everyone's like, uh, you know, I've done so much work on the spin that everyone just expects spin from me every time. And so I've I've thrown a couple of fastballs, fastball counts where the hitter was not ready for them at all. And so I, I'm, I'm mixing it up by doing what people always used to do. And then I just talked to uh, a hitting coach that said that um, uh, this is a really great quote here. Uh, is it here? You got to go from basically the best thing pitching can do is go from West Coast offense and then switch to the spread. And the idea is we've had these fat, we've had these uh, relievers. We've had starters acting like relievers, throw fastball slider, throw as hard as you can for five innings. Well, then you have relievers coming in and they're like, throw fastball slider, throw as hard as you can. And the hitters like, Oh, well, you know, I've been doing this. <laughs> okay. So everyone's just going to throw hard and throw fastball slider. Okay. I can do that. It's all game. Right. So as the relievers, the starters become more like relievers, the whole game becomes more the same. And what did I say? The more you see the same, the more you get trained by it. And so, you know, that's why uh, he's saying as a hitting coach. And, and the last quote is this, uh, Gabe Kapler. I said, you know, you just had Bobby Miller in here and you guys hung a seven spot on him. I mean, Bobby Miller's this fire breathing giant prospect from, from the Dodgers who throws a hundred miles an hour and has a great slider, you know, you know, and he said, yeah, but you know, it's actually harder for us to game plan against Michael Waka types, you know, because they have a bunch of pitches, they have command, they know how to, to play with their best pitch and to kind of keep us off balance. And so that's what I hear when I hear West Coast offense to the spread. Like I think pitchers, starting pitchers, need a little bit be more like what starting pitchers used to be: have a bunch of pitches, mix them up, have command, uh, and be less like the relievers. Because right now we're just training. And I know Spencer Strider; he's great. And you know, I'm not telling Spencer Strider he needs to be any different than he is. But I'm saying to a lot of other pitches, you can't necessarily be Spencer Strider. We're at a tipping point. Yeah, it's close to it, I think. Yeah, we're at a tipping point. And you've had all the data people who influence the game. Not that I'm against them, but they've influenced the game. Always do this. Always do this. Data says this. Data says this. But you have to be careful. that I mean, data changes over time. So you have to be Humans aware of adjust. Yeah. Humans adjust. Yeah. That's why the computers are taking over the world. <laughs> AI is taking over the world. They adjust. Humans, that's the thing, right? That is a problem with human beings. We get stuck on something. We get stuck on an idea. We want to stick with it and write oh, it out to prove ourselves forever. right. Yeah. Right. And that's what the data people in our game do. And all of a sudden the game's adjusting, but they don't, they, data people have a hard time adjusting for people who say they're so into the numbers. Well, they have hard time adjusting because all of a sudden it means 
oh, wait a minute, I've got to switch to other data well, and I may not be right. I, there's sometimes it's like you're you're you have to be yeah you want to be right right and 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 yeah. in the context of baseball there still is a little bit of old school versus new school and so if you feel if you come into a situation and you feel like oh i'm being i'm going to be attacked because i'm new school i'm the data guy sometimes you entrench right and you're yeah. like you say you want to be right you, you and, and and sometimes also organizations are really big and you have you have 100 coaches What's the easiest way to tell everybody something? Just be like, okay, this is what we believe. Here's <laughs> throw a bunch of fastballs and sliders. You guys can remember that, right? <laughs> all the hundred yeah. of you are, you can remember, we think we, we love the slider, throw all the sliders you can, you know, uh, that's a lot easier takeaway than, well, if he has a good slider, yes, he should throw it, but maybe you should try to throw a lot more pitches and, you know, develop command, but you know, but if the sliders get, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it, it, like nuance is hard to broadcast to an entire organization. All right, let's end on this ballpark factors. Ballparks have changed. Two we looked at where they changed things. One in Toronto, one in San Diego, both made them more pitcher friendly. Yeah, they had these things of park factors where they try to look at how batters do in the park and away from the park and match it up. And, you know, it's all math, but, you know, sometimes it can be messed up by how the players themselves are playing. So St. Louis, the park factor has been changing. I actually think that's just because they have a great offense. You know, and so if you have a guy like Paul Goldschmidt and he's happy at home, it, it can actually mess up the, the park factors. On the other hand, though, you have parks that are actually changing. So in San Diego, they changed the ivy. They changed the batter's eye. They put ivy over it. And, uh, you know, it used to be one uniform color. Now you've got that dappling, that, that ivy effect, you know, a couple of two, three, four colors. And there's bushes where there's another like sort of textural thing. And if you look at release points, uh, certain release points do better in San Diego than they used to. And I think that's because they're coming out of certain parts of the Ivy and it's harder to see. So, you know, that's something that I've seen before with batter's eyes in San Francisco, for example, they don't paint the bleachers, right? And so they've got these metal bleachers you got a 640 start time. You got the sun coming Ooh. in from behind you. They, and there's not in 640, there's nobody sitting in those bleachers yet. So you got the sun right into the metal bleacher, bouncing back right into the batter's eyes. Into, and I've, I've talked to batters and they say, it's, yeah, I can't see anything the first inning in San, in San Francisco. Uh, the other one um, is there's a weird batter's eye thing in Houston where there's uh, fans sitting really close to the batter's eye. And so now you're looking at ball coming out of fans and that's terrible. That's the whole reason the batter's eye exists. In Toronto, uh, a separate Are they doing that on purpose? Are they cheating in Houston? Is that another thing we can talk about? <laughs> Well, I wondered about San Francisco. I mean, you could just paint the bleachers. I mean, they could be a color. You know? <laughs> they don't have to be bright, spanking metal. Yeah. Do uh, they? Well, it. So and it's it, more it, of an it, advantage it, it, in the. When, when in, does it? By the way, when does it stop in San Francisco? So, like, if the hitters for the visiting team see it, you say the first inning on average is how many minutes? By 650, 655, is that sun now gone and that wouldn't affect the Giants hitters? Well, I did this study when I first found this out. I did this when they were doing seven o'clock starts. And what I found was uh, that the Giants had a distinct advantage, home field advantage in scoring in the first in the first inning. So it was I thought it was about an inning long. So if you and this is before the pitch clock. So I think you're talking about 710 to 740. But now you got 640. You know, 640 starts, so you might have a bit of an advantage, sort of 640 to 7, 740, 730. So in the first half of the game now, you know, 
Um, so there's there's something going on there in that batter's eye. I think that they're aware of it, and they're just you know their their hitters know what to do about it. You know, wear sunglasses, or you're just more used to doing it. In Toronto, they made a change. Uh, so there's been this trend in baseball to have more party zones uh, yeah. in ballparks, more places where you can drink and watch the game, but not be sitting. So, uh, you know, what they want to do is create some party zones in the outfield in Toronto, and they like brought some walls in and they did the, da, 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 but they raised the walls in order to create these spaces too. And in the end, it's actually made a pitcher friendly park. Matt Chapman and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. are struggling at home this year. And so I wonder what, how much of that has to do with the changes in the walls. All righty. I just want to say this from the bottom of my heart. You know how much I appreciate you being on the show. Um, I hope you get so sunburnt today sitting by that <laughs> person today while we're all working. I hope you get sunburnt. I hope the beer is warm. <laughs> I overcooked the dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just did the barbecue's terrible. <laughs> Next thing you know, you overdo it with the alcohol. You feel terrible. You're in bed by 8 o'clock tonight. That's what I hope happens for you. Yeah, well, I appreciate recording early. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit Fieldwork Brewing. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 